You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's a big world out there, and you're just looking for a pat on the back or head. You're running around the city, searching for a place to bark, working your tail off with your nose to the ground, sniffing for a few scraps, hoping someone will throw you a bone. You take each lead, collar after collar, hoping one day to take a bite out of success and become the top dog. Fortunately, you come home each day to open arms, open cans, a drink waiting for you, and a comfortable place in front of a TV set. You know you've got it good, really good, because after all, it's a doggy dog world out there. Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with your host, pet expert and award-winning author, Liz Palaika, and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Hi, welcome to It's a Doggy Dog World. I'm Liz Palaika, and with me today are my good friends, Petra Burke. Hello. Kate Abbott. How do? And today we're going to be answering a listener's question. A listener, Emma Mitchell. She doesn't say where she's from except Virginia, so Emma in Virginia. We're going to be answering her question about her Australian Shepherd puppy. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. Sit. Stay. It's a doggy dog world. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Swipe It's a revolutionary new product that literally swipes away cat hair from virtually any surface. You know, most of us struggle with a roller or vacuum cleaner to clean up cat hair, but anyone who has tried either of these knows they just don't work very well. But Swipe It's patent pending glove has a magnetic-like quality that removes cat hair from almost everything. And best of all, Swipe It's is machine washable, so you can use it over and over again. To order, just visit SwipeIt's.com. That's S-W-I-P-E-T a simple solution for shedding. Hi, I'm Dr. Jeff Werber from Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. We want to hear from you. Listen in. We're on every Thursday, 1 o'clock Pacific Time, 4 o'clock Eastern Time here on PetLifeRadio.com. We are here for you. We're trying to make life with your pets even better. I know it's hard to believe that can it even be better than it is, and hopefully it's fantastic already. The goal here is to answer your questions, help you out with your problems, anything you really wanted to know, but maybe you're afraid to ask your veterinarian, or maybe it was just too expensive to go to your veterinarian just to ask a few simple things. So that's what you got me for here at uh, Pet Life Radio. Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. Call in. We'll see you here on Thursdays. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're begging for more. So back to It's a Doggy Dog World with your fetching hosts, Liz Palaika and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Our listener, Emma from Virginia, has a seven-month-old Australian Shepherd puppy. And she says he's a wonderful little guy, and she's having a lot of fun with him. But he pulls on the leash, which I would assume most seven-month-old yep. puppies are going to want to pull on the leash. They no, may be. Let, le- let's clarify. He's no longer a puppy. He's a teenager. Oh, true. At seven months old, he's an Knock, adolescent yeah. puppy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Knocking on the door. Of. And yeah. most seven-month-old puppies are probably... Hopefully, learning some leash skills, as in not pulling on the leash. 
but most of them also are going to have periods of distraction and will. I mean, you know, puppies and adolescents get distracted. So she has tried the no-pull harnesses, but she understands that the no-pull harness is, is a management tool. And she said she really would prefer to teach him how to walk on a leash nicely. And we agree, the no-pull harnesses are management tools. And they can be effective management tools when used correctly, as long as they don't hurt the dog. Sizing is important. Sizing is important. You need to watch for soreness to make sure the straps are not going across the biceps or the shoulder joints. If you see any signs of soreness, take it off the dog right away. But other than that, they can be good management tools. They can prevent the puppy from choking himself. But to go on to Emma's... the difference between management and training. Yes. So management just keeps the problem from getting any worse, possibly. Right. But it doesn't teach the dog how to deal without having a problem. So what we want to do is go over some options for you and for Emma as to how to teach a dog, a puppy, an adolescent, or or an adult dog that's having leash skill problems, and give you some different options as far as teaching the puppy not to pull or the dog not to pull. The first thing that we probably need to go over is our definition of training tools, because we're going to use that a lot in this upcoming discussion. And our definition of training tools is anything that you use to teach your dog from your voice, to praise him when he's doing something right. We like to mark good behavior with a yes or a yay or good, or I know with my dogs, I tend to go, yeah, good, you got it, with the yeah, immediately marking the good behavior. And then sometimes, well, and then some of the training collars, like the slip chain, or the head halters, or even the prongs, they work by allowing you to tell your puppy dog with precision what you're doing right now is wrong. Yes, interrupt the behavior. That is, if those colors are used correctly. Yes. And then there's sometimes uh, where equipment can be both management or training, depending on how you're using it. If someone puts a harness on a dog and allows them to drag them down the street, well, then it's not even a management tool. (laughs) It's just a tool for the dog to use and drag their person. It's a sled team. There you go. We're but an out-of-control sled team. Yes. So if I put a harness on my dogs, it's to tell them, now you will be pulling something. And I have trained them to the harness. So that when I say pull, they move forward. When I say stop, they stop, left and right. So the harness has become part of the training equipment. But in and of itself, you could put any collar on a dog, and in and of itself, it won't train the dog. Right. You have to use it correctly. Right. Other training tools can be the leash. And regular listeners know that we're not fond of the retractable leashes. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's, that's a nice way of saying it. We don't like the retractable leashes. And that's another discussion in of itself. But a regular leash, whether it be a traffic leash, a four-foot leash, or a six-foot leash. Well, we're not fond of the chains either. Chain the chain leash. leashes. That's, no. I mean, whether you do something and wax your dog in the head, that or rips up your hands. But again, it's it's a tool. If it's used as a management tool, that's to drag the dog around, protest, they're not allowing it to even have an opportunity to make a decision. But if you use it as we do as a method of communication, 
then you want something flexible enough so that you can put pressure on, pressure off. Talk to them. That's mm-hmm. harder to do with the chain leashes. Mm-hmm. It's in- nearly impossible to do with the retractables. Right. And then other training tools, treats, of course, or toys, or petting, which can be used as motivators and rewards. Treats or toys can be used as lures, L-U-R-E-S, lures. So there's a whole variety of training tools, and it depends on how they're used, how you use them, and how the dog responds to them. And I think one of the phrases that we use often is there is no one training tool that is right for every single dog, whether that be a specific type of leash, a clicker, your voice, a treat, or anything else. Every dog is unique, and we need to find the tool that's going to help that dog. And the paycheck or the reward. The reward, right. Sometimes when I ask to borrow a puppy dog for and to show the owners what I want them to do mm-hmm. with walking, mm-hmm. I will use returning back to the owners as the reward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if the exactly. dog tries to pull me, we move further away from the reward. Mm-hmm. If the dog walks nicely with me, mm-hmm. we walk closer to the reward. Mm-hmm. So that can be a pile of ducks. Uh, no, pile of ducks? A pile of ducks? <laughs> I, I don't know why. Not I just a new one. saw them all piled up. Okay. Uh, a wow. of, I don't know. But anyway. <laughs> we love your brain. Thank you. Really? <laughs> Sometimes you can find a reward in the environment itself. How about that? There you go. And I'm going to stop talking for a while. (laughs) Oh, no, don't. (laughs) So amusing. All right. So that'll explain a little bit about the training tools as we go on with this podcast. But we'll refer back to them. So you're walking down the street. Your puppy, as you go out the front door or the garage door and you head out towards the street or the sidewalk... Your puppy or your dog dashes out to the end of the lead. He's excited. He loves to go for a walk. He wants to explore. He wants to smell. He wants to see new things. But you don't want him to drag you. The least aversive interruption for dragging would be simply become a tree. Become an anchor. Stop. If you hold still and your puppy hits the end of the leash and he's going, come on, go, 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 and you don't move while he's pulling, and then you wait until he finally... His brain connects again, and he goes, oh, wait a minute. And he looks back at you. You can then praise him for looking back at you and take a few steps forward. Now, initially, that may be you'll stand still for five minutes, take five steps, stand still for five minutes, take five. This is a slow process. So will take a really long walk and not go anywhere. Yeah. (laughs) So what you're doing here is withholding the reward of getting to go experience the world. Right. Unless the leash is loose between the two of you. Right. We had someone come to the Kindred Spirits training yard a few years ago who was going to do a seminar for us on a different subject. But she brought her dog with us and her dog immediately went, I smell dogs here. This is a dog training place and was really excited. So we were waiting for her. And it took her about 15 minutes to get into the yard because her dog pulled, she stopped. Her dog pulled, she stopped. I think she was only going, what, 20 feet maybe? Yeah, yeah. From the parking lot to the gate, yes. Now, I have to say, although this can be an effective training method, if you've got lots of patience, when people are waiting for you, I thought it was kind of rude. 
<laughs> so, you know what? And Key's patience. I don't have it. Yeah. I just, no. No. I, I couldn't do it. So, I was losing patience watching her do it. So. It and, is. And it I, is a technique. Frankly, most of the time I feel bad for the puppy dog. Because they're not being given any other information. No. I mean, you can't go forward because you're pulling. That's not an easily recognizable issue for a dog. No. They're just not pulling hard enough. Mm -hmm. You're in a bad mood. And some dogs may not turn right back to you. They may try a five-degree angle. And then a 10 degree. And if how many degrees do they get or to Or some I've seen even will slack enough and then boom! Yeah. Pull really hard until you're off your feet. Get a little leverage going. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So. so, But that is one technique. I have seen people with baby puppies use it a little more effectively than an adult dog. But it's still, like Kate says, it's not giving much information. But it is an accepted technique. Another technique is if your dog decides to pull, say, for example, north, you just turn around and go south. Now, there's two different ways you can do this. You can try to get his attention, put a treat in front of his nose, and bring him south with you. Or if he's a real dedicated puller and he's very distracted and you're not going to get his attention, you can just turn around and go the other way. Now, with the treat is for lack of a better term, the least aversive. But that's a little more difficult because if your dog is pulling strongly, it's going to be hard to get his attention. If you could get his attention, he wouldn't be pulling that strong. If you just turn around and head south by yourself, just holding onto the leash, he's going to hit the end of it and give himself a yank. Depending on how strong he's pulling, that could be a pretty hefty yank. You're going to have to gauge that carefully so that you don't hurt him. And don't hurt yourself. If you've got a Great Dane and you turn around and go the, the other direction, the both of you can be in bad shape. So yeah. this is not a recommendation for all dogs and all dog owners. And then you could end up with a dog who turns around and dashes south to get ahead of you again. Yep. And then you turn around and, and go, go north, north again. again. Yep. And it could turn into a game if it's depending on the dog. Uh-huh. And again, you're giving limited information. You're not telling him much. You're just going, oh, wait a minute. Mom's going the other way. Cool. Let's go that way. (laughs) Yeah. So as far as providing guidance for the dog, both of these are, are lacking a little bit in communication. But they are techniques. Now, one that we teach a lot is we start all these skills with teaching the dog to pay attention to us, to teach the watch me. I know one phrase that I use in in class all the time is, you can't teach your dog until you get his attention. And my version of that is, why are you giving commands to your dog's butt? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we teach the watch bee by having a pocket full or a a treat bag full of high-value treats. High-value meaning really, really good treats. One of my favorites is Swiss cheese because dogs have a very good sense of smell and a stinky treat is more apt to get his attention than a blah treat. So I dice up some Swiss cheese, freeze it, bring it out for training sessions, and then watch me, the dog on a leash. I ask him to sit first and treat from his nose to my chin when he makes eye contact. I mark that with a yeah, and then treat in his mouth. That's the simple watch me. And there's an asterisk there. If you think your puppy dog is going to jump up into your face following the treat, then use one hand 
just loosely through the collar with your arm locked. So if he follows the treat with anything but his eyes, you can stop him from getting up into your face. That's all this is. Make eye contact. And another right. asterisk from that is try to initially do it without sunglasses. So, oh, yes. 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 We do want them to look at you and understand there are eyes. Right. Not like try to look through some dark right. things. And then keep the training session short and sweet. Don't do this for 15 minutes until he's so full and, and so sick of Swiss cheese and so sick of looking at you that he can't stand it. Do it three, four, five times. Take a break. Come back later. Do it three or four times. Take a break. And then the next day, repeat a couple training sessions again. Triple asterisk. <laughs> I'm going to up you one. To You're one no, more? Okay. <laughs> Triple S. Making eye contact dog to dog can be the first sign of aggression. So make sure that when you ask your puppy dog to make eye contact, you are not being challenging. And you're not asking him to challenge you. Blink. It's not a staring contest. Smile a little bit. Let him know that you're going to gaze adoringly into each other's eyes, not have a staring contest to see who blinks first. And on top of that... Okay. <laughs> We're up to five? We're up uh, four or five. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> and when you ask them to do watch me, nicely, talk to them like in a normal tone. Not the ones that we've had in the past that'll ask the dog to watch me. Watch me! <laughs> you know, don't have to be firm and mean about it because the dog's not going to look at you neither is anyone else. The fact that the more you look aggressive, the more your dog will look away in appeasement. Mm-hmm. So back off, smile, ask them to look at you instead of shoving your face two inches from theirs. So don't look stern. Yeah. Don't sound stern. Look lovingly. The moment they watch. make eye contact, good job. Yay, exactly. here's your treat. So that teaches them when you ask them to watch me that they whip around. And then you can talk to their face and not their butt. <laughs> it's a little more important. Mm-hmm. And then uh, once they've got the watch me, then you can transition that to anywhere in the house <laughs> to the leash skills <laughs> okay okay what on, she's implying what what Petra got all excited about <laughs> was that I found that one of the great places to practice the watch me is because I I never get to go alone yes you under okay um so while I I'm, eat bathroom yeah while I'm sitting on the commode as someone called it the other day which I thought was terribly old-fashioned but wonderful while military I'm sitting, <laughs> sitting on the commode I've got you know a minute or two and or uh, more who or knows more. you know <laughs> so I keep some good treats in a good container and while my puppy dogs are staring at me it's a great time to practice the watch me so instead of reading a magazine that's right there you go you can train your dog that's I it. have never trained my dog in the bathroom, but you know, hey, what works? <laughs> I mean, I, I have to admit, I did. I, I got one of my dogs to sneeze while, yeah, you know. See, you yeah. were the inspiration for that. <laughs> oh, oh, great! Thanks. You told me that story. <laughs> I think you both need more fiber. <laughs> well, Uh-oh. in Pedro's defense, it was because she was pregnant at the time. Oh, uh, yeah, yes. okay. Yeah, we're spending a lot of time on the phone. <laughs> And I just happened to hear that story and think, what a wonderful training idea. There you go. How to be efficient and multitask. Exactly. Okay. All right. Anyway, moving on. So once you've got the puppy dog's attention. Once you've got the puppy dog's attention, then you can transition it to working on the leash. One of the easy ways is kind of like a dance step. Have your dog sit in front of you, on leash, treats in hand. Do a watch me, then put a treat in front of his nose and back up, encouraging him to walk with you. 
After you take a few steps backwards together with him following you, then turn so you're walking forward together, him by your side, still doing a watch me. It's a dance step. So if you visualize this, he's sitting in front of you. We should be, well, tradition has dogs on the left side. So I say leash in the left hand, right? Treats in the right hand. Mm -hmm. You back up together, doing a watch me, treat in front of his nose, back up. And then after a few steps, when he's working with you, your right shoulder is going to turn back. So you both end up walking forward together. And hey, I'm not a 180. If I'm not, I'm not a dancer. And if I can do it, anybody can do it. And you're doing 180, and then you're going forward together. Yes. That's only 90. No, one. Yeah, you're right, 180. Okay. <laughs> you go 180, the dog continues to go straight. Yes, the dog uh-huh. is going to continue to go straight. And then all of a sudden, dog's on your left side, walking Walking nicely. After- Take a few steps, and then stop and sit. Have him sit. Praise him. Awesome. And then you can start all over again. So the pre-planning for walking nicely on a leash is teaching the eye contact command. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the second step is teaching him that he actually can walk and make eye contact. Right. And chewing gum. Which is why you're going to start off by walking backwards and using the leash if Mm -hmm. needed, but also the treat and the eye contact. Yes. And your voice. And And your your smile. Yeah. Everything is welcoming the puppy dog to move. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then And to walk with me. And it's fun to walk with me. Mm And ideally, he's watching me, and his tail or stub of a tail is wiggling, and his front feet are prancing, and he's going, yeah, it's fun to walk with you. And then you do the half turn away, Uh but still maintaining eye contact, still rewarding him, and now you're walking in the same direction as partners. Right. As opposed to someone dragging the other one along. And it's important at this point in the training, only go a few steps and then have him sit, reward him, tell him how awesome he is. If you go off on a three-block walk, you're going to lose him very shortly. He doesn't have the concentration yet. Set him up to succeed. And he needs the reward more often. So make a game out of it. Back up. Turn, walk forward. Yeah, awesome. Look at you. Stop and sit. Woohoo! And then do it again. This is, we recommend that you start at home where things are quiet. He can pay attention to you. So you can be doing this as prep while when you do go out on walks, you do the tree or the reverse direction. Right. You know, you don't have to pick one, you can mix them up when appropriate. Yes. But by working at home on the watch me and walking together, you're setting them up to walk outside better. But you still got to go for walks in the meantime, so use other techniques. Sure. And vary the technique according to the day, the dog's mood, and so forth. And our reader, Emma, said that she's been holding treats in her hand and saying heel while he slows down and walks at her side, but that he'll grab the treat. That's a different technique altogether. So she's using the treat as a lure. Right. But since it's very close down next to him. Sounds like he's bouncing and grabbing at it. He's only focused on that. So the home, the pre-planning at home, the pre-training at home, teaching him to make eye contact gets him the treat. That reduces the need to snap at the hand. Right. You know, don't focus on that. Focus on where you're walking, that you're keeping your eye contact with your person. Then the treat will appear mm-hmm. before you. Right. 
And then she also talks about, uh, she says, he gets bored of walking by my side and waiting for the treat, so he just rushes off and pulls in pursuit of something more interesting. I think we also have to address other ways of getting him tired other than just the walk. A seven-month-old Aussie or any young dog needs exercise, and the walk a walk really isn't the exercise. And if she's asking him to heal for an entire walk... He's, he is going to get bored. Well, and he doesn't have that amount of concentration. Right. Or right. self-control. Right. So she's setting them both up for failure if she asks for a heal the entire walk. Right. Which is where we differentiate between a heal and a loose leash. Yes. We consider those two different commands, two different skills... Yes. ...to teach. So we, yeah, we give them two different commands. I mean, here in class, we do a heel or a let's go. Right. So, and, and the let's go is allowing the dog to go at the end of its leash with the number one rule of no pulling. They can sniff, they can do their business, they can walk casually from each side, as long as they don't tie you up and go around right. around you, but can use a whole four foot or six foot leash, just no pulling. And then bring it back to heel, do that for a little bit and allow them to go back out. Well, actually, even with my adult dogs, I go back and forth. Mm-hmm. We walk every morning. I don't have them heal the whole walk. And the length of our walk varies depending on what my schedule is that morning. But we'll go back and forth between heel, which mm-hmm. is the more formal dog walking by the left side, dog shoulder by your leg, and the let's go, which gives them the freedom of the leash. And mine generally, all three of them just walk ahead of me side by side. They don't do much exploring, although they could if they wanted to. But when they're walking ahead of me, their whole job is just simply don't tighten that leash. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when I'm walking with mine, they'll catch a scent. Uh-huh. And they'll sort of take one step that direction and look back at me. Okay, that's more than a leash length. Are you going to let me go? And because I'm a benevolent dictator, I'll take a few more steps in the direction they want to go mm-hmm. and let them go sniff that thing. Unless, of course, it's dead and icky looking, and then I say no. And then <laughs> but <laughs> when they hit the end, when they reach the end of the leash, if they want to go further in a direction, then they ask me, mm-hmm. and that's nice. And mm-hmm. I can say yes or I can say no. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead of them just trying to jerk me off my feet, mm-hmm. exactly. So I think overall, Emma, I think you've got a young, active, herding breed dog who wants to go. So look at exercising his body with other than the walk. Exercise his brain with some brain games, some puzzle toys, some trick training. Mm -hmm. He's certainly old enough to do some trick training. And then hopefully we've given you a variety of leash skills that you can try a few of them. Or try all of them at different times and uh, see what's going to help. But he is going to be distracted. He is going to have a short concentration span until he matures a little bit more. That doesn't mean you want him to continue pulling. You're right in your concern that you don't want him to hurt himself. But it takes time to develop some concentration. I'm always surprised at the when I tell people, do some exercise with your puppy dog before you go for a walk. Yes. The, it, the uh, a lot of people see the walk as the exercise. Mm, so okay. you get up in the morning, you got to go to work, but you got enough time to walk the dog. Okay, before you feed him, do some quick obedience run-throughs. Mm-hmm. Okay, get his mind in gear. When you go to take a shower, don't just put his food in a bowl. Put it in some kind of mind game that he has to figure out 
while you're taking your shower. When you go to the door and you put his leash on, stop and take four minutes to do some push-ups, puppy push-ups. Sit down, sit down, sit down. Mm -hmm. Yay! Teach him the stand. And then you can go sit down, stand, stay, sit, sit, stand, sit, whatever, you know. (laughs) Move him in three different positions. Open the door and teach him to stay with the door open. Mm -hmm. Get his brain working and hopefully a little tired Mm -hmm. and a little exercise Mm -hmm. before you go out and ask him to have the control, self-control, to pay attention to you even when the world is going by. There's Mm -hmm. a... There is an old dog trainer saying you have to be more interesting than grass. And grass can be pretty darn interesting with all the smells in it. So it takes, you know, if as you say, when, Emma, when you're walking your puppy dog and he gets a hold of the treat or enough time has gone by that it's boring, now grass is more interesting than you are. So for a while, yeah, every now and then I let my dogs smell the interesting grass while we're on a walk. That's part of their enjoying it. But then when I say let's go, then they do need to walk with me. So don't be you know, it's don't be afraid to let him stop and sniff the flowers a little bit. Sure, right. So Emma, thank you very much for your email. I hope that answered your questions. If anyone else would like us to cover a topic, drop us an email, Liz at petliferadio.com, and maybe you'll hear your questions, your letter on a an upcoming podcast. That's it from us. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Having a rough day? Longing for the dog days of summer? Think your fun furry friend lives a dog's life? Well, find out everything you're begging to know as Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with pet expert and award-winning author Liz Palaika. Every dog has his day, and you'll find out how to make your dog's day fun and rewarding every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.